Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 190 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me today across the table is my ever-pregnant, well, ever-more-pregnant wife. Yep, whom you no longer love. Okay, that's not accurate at all, but okay, here we are. Today we are talking about Near Dark uh, from 1987, a movie that I saved for you because it involved vampires, and I know how much you love your vampires. Yeah, um, though I will say on the ranking of vampire lore uh, and overall vampire aesthetic, it's going to be pretty low for me. Oh, you were not a fan of this movie. No, it's not that I didn't like it, but as a vampire movie, I was more like, eh, like they didn't really, the fact that we were vampires really didn't feel like it was that important. That's what I liked about it. Until the end. So it's like you could really take that away and you would have gotten almost an identical film. It was like uh, it was like a day in the life of vampire, like in the tribe of vampires, and they don't really address, they don't even use the word vampire in the movie. I know. I think that's cool. It's a vampire movie, but it's the vampires take a back seat, and it's more just about the camaraderie of uh, whatever they were, their little tribe or something. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. This whole thing feels like a really loose metaphor for um, a small town boy getting mixed up with a transient drug addicted crowd and save how that your theory goes. for later because so, that's a good theory well it's i'm like just saying theory. that it's just like you could have taken out the whole vampire thing and you would have gotten an extremely similar film i mean you're not wrong i mean, I, I enjoyed it the first you know we'll, we'll get into it we'll get into it i'll tell you about it in a minute let me tell you about some horror stuff that i'm sure you're excited for that you probably have no idea about either i bet i do I bet you don't. So starting, actually, you know, I think you know about this one. See? Uh, so horror news. Um, Tommy Wiseau is back. You know the guy who did the room. You're tearing me apart. Wow, well, we didn't even plan that. Oh hi, Mark. Tommy Wiseau is back um, and making a shark movie. It's called Big Shark. That nobody asked for. <laughs> nobody not asked one person. for this said man this man needs to make another film yeah he and it's not even like it's a follow-up to his other movie it's just a completely movie not associated with the room uh but i got this information as i always do from fangoria big shark uh exclusively from variety earlier today the big shark trailer showcases a teaser of something that's part boxing movie part shark attack movie and then inexplicably what seems to be like an underwear commercial. Big Shark stars Wiseau himself alongside Mark Valeriano and Isaiah Laborde. The official plot synopsis reads as simply as follows. Three firefighters, George, Patrick, and Tim, must save New Orleans from a gigantic shark. Can New Orleans survive? Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> Please tell me all of your thoughts and feelings on this movie gonna be an oof for me um <laughs> the only thing i really associate him with is the fact that they made a character to make fun of him in borderlands 3 that is one of my favorite parts of borderlands 3 yeah um, um, it was it was what is he like hello uh what what does he what does he refer to us as in the game oh i don't remember but it's, it's just a hilarious tie-in he talks the same way and we're like god he sounds like that guy and then we looked over like Oh, it's because he's supposed to be him. Yeah, yeah, and you actually help the guy in the game get a movie reel. Yeah, and... like retrieve his movie and then play it for a bunch <laughs> of people and then kill those people. Yeah, pretty fun Easter egg there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know 
<laughs> this is the only thing he's done since The Room, I'm pretty sure, which was like... Yes, two, that is correct. 2003, and, uh, you know, that film hit like... a You know, everyone loves that film, but, you know, not really for the right reasons. What's funny is I'd never heard of that until I went to Korea, and apparently <laughs> all the people in the friend group I was hanging out with had watched it all together at some point, mm. and they quoted that movie... Every time we went out, and I had not a fucking clue what they were talking wow. about for so long. That's a movie I, I, I aspire to own, but it's it's over $20 on Amazon, and I'm just like, you know. That's too many money. Maybe in, maybe in like a 5 or $10 bin. Um, but yeah, one of those days I'll have it. I, I didn't find out about The Room until I had watched The Disappointment Artist. The Disaster Artist. Did, yeah, sorry. I was thinking Disappointment Room. The disaster artist disappointed, disappointed uh, with Dave Frank, James Franco. Actually, I think Dave Franco's in that too. And I realized that he was doing a yes, they both are in it. A spoof off of Wiseau's movie, so obviously I had to watch that. Uh, but the disaster artist is really good. If you, what? It's not a spoof. I mean, yeah, it's like a fucking recreation of the disaster. Yeah, it's not artist. a spoof. It's a movie about them making that movie. Well, it's whatever. Not a spoof. I mean, it, it's whatever. 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 That's what I meant. Oh, and by the way, speaking of the room, fucking, do you see like Bob Odenkirk is supposed to be doing a, yes. like they're doing a remake of it? Yes, I know that. What is happening? Tommy Wiseau is making a new movie. We're getting a remake of the room. I don't know what the fuck's going on. 2023 is shaping. I feel up. like we're all encouraging him and maybe that's not what we should be doing. <laughs> no, I, we need to encourage him. I need more movies from this man. Um, so speaking of remakes too, apparently they're wanting to do a Vertigo remake and it's like, maybe don't touch Hitchcock. Maybe leave Hitchcock stuff alone. It never works out. We already did that with Psycho. And I mean, while I enjoy the movie, the remake, like, I think it's a, a good movie. It's no masterpiece like the original. You know, you do a shot for shot remake. Just don't do that. Mm. You should, just don't touch Hitchcock. But apparently Robert Downey Jr. is eyeing the lead role of the Vertigo remake. But it's like, again... I don't know. The script is apparently going to be written by um, Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight. So I have full faith in the writing talent because Peaky Blinders, if you've never seen it, is a fucking amazing show. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Um, so, I mean, you've got good people behind it, but I just feel like, I don't know. I think we should leave Hitchcock's works alone. They already speak for themselves. But I mean, I don't know. What do you what do you think? I agree. And also, um, we should be working on moving away from not like constantly finding new ways to celebrate directors who were crappy people. Like we can love the films uh, really helps when they're dead. Um, so you can separate the art from the artist there, but uh, you know, we should stop being like, let's, let's do more to talk about how amazing he is. Was he a shitty person? Oh, he absolutely harassed. Uh, is it Tippy Hedron? I mean, that's a name. Um, the main lead from The Birds, uh, he was obsessed with her, um, would try to dro drop into her dressing room all the time. He threw birds at her during The Birds and, in fact, tied the live birds to her. Like, he harassed the bejesus out of her because he was obsessed with her and she wasn't interested. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like, you know, Hitchcock, Kubrick, we know they were, like, filmmaking geniuses, but they were kind of crappy people. So, like, let's enjoy the works that they have and not start trying to make new or, like, keep making new uh, versions of their work. Like, let's move on from it. Well, that's upsetting. It's just like finding out H.P. Lovecraft and how shitty he was and what he racist <laughs> and what he named his cat. Oh, my God. You Which can, we will not be saying. Oh, yeah. Show. Feel free to look that one up. On, You'll on be your disappointed. Own. You'll be very disappointed. But, yeah. 
So here's a mashup of a lifetime. Danny Trejo, or Trejo, I seriously, is Trejo. It, it's Trejo, right? Okay. And Tobin Bell are teaming up for The Curse of Wolf Mountain. Sold. Uncorked entertainment, so you know it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a winner. But uh, genre icons Danny Trejo and uh, Tobin Bell have teamed up for the action horror The Curse of Wolf Mountain. Uh, Deadline tells us has been acquired by Uncorked Entertainment for digital and DVD release in May. According to Deadline, the story follows AJ, uh, whose name, who's played by someone named Price, don't know who that is, who begins having vivid dreams of his parents' death. He decides to go back to the spot where they were killed 20 years ago, accompanied by his brother and his brother's family. But legend has it there's something mysterious roaming these woods. Is it the parents? Are they still lurking in the... That's it. For- yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm about that. Tobin Bell and Danny Trey. Although, action horror movie with Tobin Bell, he's, he's getting up there, man. He's probably not doing the action part. I hope he is. Oh boy. It's like Indiana. It's like fucking uh, Harrison Ford doing another Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Like, aren't you 85 years old, bro? Yeah, you see that interview, though, <laughs> when they were like, who would you like to play uh, Indiana Jones after? And he's like, nobody. Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he, yeah, he says, no one. I it, it was my character. It dies with me. And I was like, fucking respect. Yeah. Don't. Uh, hilarious. Don't. Yeah. No one needs to pick up the mantle. That was a character specifically for Harrison Ford. We don't need any more. Um, and even when they tried to do that fourth one, the fucking UFO one, it was like, eh. Crystal Skull. Yeah, Crystal Skull. Eh, that Shia one was LaBeouf okay. didn't really uh, pull as much as they thought he would. Well, he that was when they were really trying to make him happen. That was like back in the time where they were really pushing Shia, like Disturbia, Transformers, this movie. They were trying to make, and then he fucking went crazy a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's still going. So be on the lookout for The Curse of Wolf Mountain. Um, I think this is a picture from Machete that they've got there because he's holding a machete. Yes, that is Machete. Oh, man, such great movies. Still waiting on the third one of that. I would love to have that one. Uh, the other day, if you know uh, The Walking Dead, uh, Herschel, uh, Scott yes. Wilson, uh, was his birthday. would have been, I don't know how old, but it was his birthday yesterday. I saw that, so... Happy uh, birthday to the late, great Scott Wilson. Um, And then speaking literally of Walking Dead, apparently they're making more Walking Dead. Yeah, I know. More. Yeah. Walkers hit NYC this summer in The Walking Dead, Dead City. Maggie and Negan, which I guess that's spoilers because I guess they're together or something. No, they're just teamed up. Oh, teamed up. Okay. I don't think you can get together with the guy that goosed your husband. True. Uh, Maggie and Negan try to survive a zombified Manhattan in the six episode spinoff. Just like the walkers, let this fucking show die. Oh my God. Do people still care about this show? I honestly genuinely need to know. Yes. After episode two of season seven, I was like, I'm fucking done with this show. I can't. I tuned out midway through yeah. one season. I don't remember. Seasons what it was. five and six were so fucking boring. And I was like, oh, I had to watch because I was going to be done after six. But then they tease you with the ending of six where everyone's in the circle. Spoiler alert for this show, but I'm sorry. I don't care. And everyone's in the circle and Negan's got his bat pointing at everybody. So I'm like, fuck, now I have to watch the next one. And then, you know, these people die. I didn't even make it to that. Yeah. I watched the people die. I was like, damn, he got it rough. Oh, one person I don't give a shit about. Great. It was funny, too, because they kill off one character that was kind of newer to the show, expecting me to be like, oh, no. I was like, yeah, I, I don't. I was like, is that? did I really just wait? A whole fucking year to see him die because I was like that was pointless. Don't care. 
no no attachment to him. And then, they, of course, they kill one of the big ones. But I was like, yeah. He, Everybody he, knows who died at this yeah. point. If you missed it, I don't know where you've been. He already fake died that one episode when he fell off of the dumpster. And I was like, They're, I was like, he's not fucking dead. They're just trying to bait me into watching more of this show. I can't stand you know it. That, huh? The image of him dead, though, was like. Hey, oh, yeah. That, that was rough. for TV. Like, I mean, I, I, I'll i give them that they're very graphic for TV. I don't, I don't know how they get away with most of that shit. Apparently, the views dropped off after that, though, because he was such a beloved character. Well, to, yeah. to kill such a beloved character was too much for it's like It's like if they were to kill off Daryl, everyone would stop. Even, even my dad was like, yeah, if they ever kill off Daryl, I'm, I'm never going to watch. So they had to keep Daryl alive because yeah. no fan base. Um, and he's not even in this new one. I figured they would have made a spinoff with him or something. because He is getting a spinoff. Holy, you're, you're serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think God. he's going to Europe. I don't know how he's doing that. I can't stand this franchise. Because then you also have Fear the Walking Dead. Which is apparently very good. And they have like over 100 episodes. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead I've heard is really good. And uh, I I think I've heard that like character wise, it does a lot more than The Walking Dead does. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I'll give that one a shot. I just, I can't, can't, I can't care about all these zombies. Yeah, because The Walking Dead, if you remember in season one, um, when Rick is first hosted by that guy in his uh at his house yeah. like it's that it follows that guy oh okay yeah wait the the black dude yeah yeah he, yeah. he, but he comes back in yeah and then that's after he comes back then he goes into his own spinoff <laughs> that's amazing you ever come back like four seasons you know later in a show and then get your own spinoff that's fucking cool Okay, I, I don't know that. Maybe I could check that out because I, I really enjoyed his character. He was probably my favorite. And then, you know, once they went away from him and they, they stopped having him in the show, I was like, why would you do that? And then he came back. But that was that was pretty cool. So I don't know. If you're into that show, I don't, whatever. It's, you know, I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't. Watch what you like. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't affect me. I just, I cannot stand that this show is still going on. I don't know. It's very, it's very weird. Uh, so there's my take on Walking Dead. Hot, hot horror take. Uh, and then lastly here, we've got Kumal Nanjiani and Patton Oswalt joining the new Ghostbusters sequel, which is apparently filming under the codename Firehouse as we speak. And um, I don't know. I think I think you were like me with the latest one, which was Afterlife. Wasn't really expecting to like it. Figured it was going to kind of be a cash grab, but I ended up loving it so much. I it, really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was so much fun. Great cast. Um, you know, you got Paul Rudd. You've got, well, I don't want to give spoilers for people who haven't seen it, but you've got some returning cast members. And who was the main chick, curly hair? What was her name? Oh, she's in. <laughs> she's um, in so many things. So many things. Um, McKenna. McKenna. Mc- Grace McKenna. Is it Grace McKenna? Or McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace. Yeah, McKenna Grace. There we go. Yes. Yeah, her. She who is in everything. Oh, my God. She is 17 years old, and she's f- so famous. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. She was also, uh, she also played Tanya, uh, the, uh, small Tanya, and I, Tanya. Uh, yeah, she's got a very, very good career going for her, but uh, I don't know if she's supposed, I would assume she's supposed to be back. Yes, she's in the sequel. Okay. But, yeah, I uh, quite enjoyed Afterlife. I think they're probably going to turn it into, I don't know. I mean, you only had Ghostbusters 1 and 2. So I don't know if they'll try to do like a trilogy or whatever. I mean, if that's well, just... the the afterlife would have made it a trilogy. So well, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, 
I don't know. I just I feel I feel like movies nowadays. It's like they can't just make one and be done. They they're like, oh, let's make this everything a trilogy. Like everything has to be three movies now. Just like The Exorcist coming out. It's like why why are we doing this three times? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would I'm gonna I'm gonna go see this. If you enjoyed Afterlife, I'm sure it'll be on the same page as you know that uh, that one. All right. Well, I guess that's about uh, about it for horror news. Oh, I want to get your opinion on something we recently watched. Okay. Oh, come on. Don't don't already make grunting noises. Did you not like it? I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, dead silence. <laughs> oh, uh, I told you I liked it better this time than last time because the stupid tongue thing wasn't there. But I also said that I could see the beginnings of both the writer and director and like how that would play into their later works. But I felt that um, some of the editing, like it went from really cool editing to really quick edit or quick cuts that were really jarring and um welcome to the welcome to the mid 2000s and you know uh i didn't really the story wasn't much better for me um what do you mean what, uh, much much better you... like i didn't enjoy it much more than the last time i watched it where i didn't Man. like it um what would you what would you rate it oh god i'm so i'm so nervous i don't know like two and a half three no <laughs> i'll take a three just, Shocking. Just make it a three, please. Uh, yeah, we watched Dead Silence. I, I will mean, give it a three because what's-his-face is in it. <laughs> yeah. The main what? guy from True Blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, the, the, he's not... That's not his... Re- that he did He did it, like, in an English accent for this or something? Is he not... Is he not American? Uh, I don't think he is. I think he's Australian. Yes, he is Australian. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, all right. So, what else have I watched without you? Because I watched so much shit. Dead Silence the first two times? Oh, yeah. I watched Dead Silence three. So I got Dead Silence on. Oh, man. When did I get that? I got it on the 21st. No, the 19th. And I watched it on the 19th. Then I watched it on the 21st. And then I watched it with you. Probably watch it again between now and the three days that you're going to be out of here doing other shit. I'm not gone three days. I'm out. For my regular out, thing yeah. today, I'm out, I'm going yeah. to see. Just leaving Dean. me alone. I'm going to go see Dungeons and Dragons with my dad because you won't see it. Um, just, I, don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know why I, um, you're like, you want to go see that? And it's like you with Megan. I'm just like, I really have no interest in, I don't know why. I just don't care. Well, my dad loves me and he's going to go. Uh, no, but that movie, however, I heard is doing really good. Wow. It's up to a three, six. So Dungeons I mean, and that's Dragons, uh, Honor among thieves. Oh my cool. God. It's two hours and 14 minutes. You're going to be gone till like 10 o'clock fucking party tomorrow. Yeah. Woo! And then after that, I've got to go. And see about stuff for the baby shower. Sorry, gonna, I have to do things. Double up on my antidepressants tomorrow. All right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I'd ask you what you've seen lately, but you see what I see, except way less. So, uh, yeah. Report yeah, back in on. I'm uh, watching Grey's Anatomy. Oh um, boy. That's still upsetting. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it's hilarious, and other times I'm like, ah, anxiety. Yeah, I'm trying to get through that after I finish uh, Impractical Jokers. Then I'm gonna. Oh, go so on. you put another show in front of it after the last show? You put I only in front have of like it? a season left of that, so I'm gonna go back to Grey's. It's just so it's 45 minute episodes, man. It's well, so and taxing. also season one is obviously the roughest while oh, they're yeah. finding their footing, and it's so funny because you go to season two and the budget clearly bumped up because like the camera, the lighting, all of it's better, and you're like, oh. Yeah, well, that's it's like going from the office season one to season two. It's very noticeable that oh, you got a budget. Good for you. good for you. <laughs> Look at you guys. You got money. Um, alrighty, let's move on to some more Women's History Month facts. It is still March. I just, this, it's, this month has seemed I don't know why. 
That's what I'm it's, saying. It like everyone's so like, long. how? What week are you in pregnancy? And I'm 25 weeks today. Yeah. But um, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is uh right this now. Month. But every week is taking a whole month to for go real. By. I'm like, we're still in March. Like my birthday was last week. That feels like what the fuck? Several weeks ago. Yeah, my birthday was last week. So literally it, a week ago, and it feels like about an eternity. A week ago. So Women's History Month, f- Women's History Month facts. Uh, I don't know why this is bold and italicized, but that's it's fancier. That's a fucking choice I made. So <laughs> number one, there are a variety of in-person and virtual events to attend. If you're looking for ways to celebrate Women's History Month, you'll have plenty to choose from. In years past, events range from a Women's Filmmakers Festival put on by the Smithsonian Institute to author-led book talks on Eleanor Roosevelt, to historical reenactments staged by the National Archives. Head to the government's uh, Women's History Month website for a list of 2023 activities and exhibitions. Number two, every Women's History Month has a theme. Every year, the National Women's History Project, parentheses, whose activism in the 1970s and 80s helped bring Women's History Month to life, in parentheses, announces a theme for the year's Women's History Month. In 2022, the theme was Providing Healing, Promoting Hope, which paid tribute to women on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19 and reflects on women's longstanding role as uh, healers in society. In 2023, the theme is Celebrating Women Who Tell Our Stories, which honors, quote, women past and present who have been active in all forms of media and storytelling, including print, radio, TV, stage, screen, blogs, podcasts, and more. Who have devoted their lives and talents to producing art, pushing truth, and reflecting the human condition decade after decade. Because women are awesome. Uh, I think we picked a good year to, um, you know, highlight female directors then. Yeah, right? <laughs> that, totally unintentional. Just the way it went. So, talking about... Oh, <laughs> I was like, that's not what we're talking about. I, I did the same thing when I read it. <laughs> it's, have we seen this? No. We've not seen this. IMDb facts here, Near Dark from 1987, released on... So this is where it gets weird. I've got an October 3rd releasing in New York and then October 9th in LA. I assume those are film festivals or like screenings. Could not find a date on like when it was released theatrically or video-y. IMDb did not have that. Video-y. Video-y, yes. That's the word. Rated R for no sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, moderate profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. What would it be rated if there was sex and nudity in it? Because that sentence sounds like it's rated R for no sex and nudity. I mean, it's th- those are... I, this, I do this every... The, where have you been for the past year and a half? I always do. This is, the, this is what I've been doing for like almost two years now. I know. It's just the way you said it. I, it doesn't make sense. I know. But I'm just saying it's rated R for all the severe and moderate things that I listed. But there's just no... You know, when there's no mm-hmm. sex and nudity, there's no yep. sex and nudity. That's uh, what it's rated R for. Okay. We'll keep going. Runtime of an hour and 34 minutes listed as a straight horror. That's all it needs. Directed by Catherine Bigelow. Uh, who also directed Blue Steel, Point Break, The Hurt Locker, and Zero Dark Thirty. So she went from vampires to action movies. Yeah, I've only seen uh, Zero Dark Thirty. I have seen zero of them. So, yeah. Still don't remember why I saw Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> I think it's because my ex wanted to go. Or maybe your dad. No, I'm pretty sure it was my ex because I'm pretty sure it came out when I was in uh, Denver. But I all I about, remember about it is that Jessica Chastain was in it. It's not about Osama Bin Laden or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Which is why it said that doesn't seem like a movie I'd watch. (laughs) (laughs) Written by Eric Red, uh, also wrote The Hitcher, Blue Steel, Body Parts, and Bad Moon. 
all fucking amazing movies, uh, except for I haven't seen Blue Steel. I assume it's good. Also written by Catherine Bigelow, who only wrote Blue Steel. So her and Eric Red, I'm going to call him Eric the Red. Produced by six people, one of which caught my eye, and his name is Edward S. Feldman. Also produced uh, The Hitcher, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, The Jungle Book, 101 Dalmatians, The Truman Show, and K-19, The Widowmaker. So that's a very colorful past of movies. I like that. Composed by Tangerine Dream, who also did Firestarter, Flashpoint, mm. Legend, and the sound, for <laughs> the musical score for Grand Theft Auto V. Like you do. So they obviously made it. Um, cinematographer by a, ma- a man named Adam Greenberg also did, listen to this shit, 10 to Midnight, Terminator, Once Bitten, Three Men and a Baby, also did the sequel, I just didn't put it down because it had too long of a Three name. Three Men and a Little Lady. Well, there you go. Turner and Hooch, Ghost, uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Sister Act, Toys, Junior, Rush Hour, Inspector Gadget, the, 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 I almost said the Snake Claws, the Santa Claus 2 and Snakes on a Plane. That's um, fucking awesome. I've seen all but three of those. What a fucking amazing, like, let me hand you my resume of movies. Yeah, you're hired, dude. You want to guess which three I haven't seen? Okay, yes, 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 yes. You have not seen uh, Ten to Midnight. Correct. You have not seen probably Toys. No, I own that. We own what? that on DVD. That's... Oh, no, that's right. Okay, so Ten to Midnight. I watch Toys. Ten to Midnight, Santa Claus 2, and Snakes on a Plane. Uh, Snakes on a Plane, I have seen Santa Claus 2. Damn it. Inspector Gadget? Nope, seen that. What the? F- Turner and Hooch? Yep. Okay, yeah. <sighs> At least I got the first one right. <laughs> Apparently I'm a big fan of his cinematography. We have to watch Toys now. I hope you know that. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get a movie to double feature that with. Uh, maybe Bicentennial Man? I haven't fucking seen that in forever. So good. Or One Hour Photo? What? <laughs> I'm just it's it's just a Robin. You couldn't pick something on the theme of the film. You're just picking a Robin. random ass Robin Williams movie. Yeah. Could you at least Hello. pick something on the theme of the film? Fine, I will pick dolls. What does that have to do with an anti-war message? Oh, I thought you just meant based on the name toys. Toys, toys is, is an anti-war film. I thought he had like a hat and uh, like a yeah. It's it's set in a toy factory. Okay, so then I'll do dolls. Toys and dolls. Oh, Jesus. It's like guys terrible and dolls. This. It's, it's going to totally mess up the vibe. No, it won't. Anyway. Edited by Howard E. Smith, who also did The Abyss, Point Break, Blade Trinity, Snakes on a Plane, and The Collector. So that's cool. So you got a lot of people that have worked together on various projects in this movie. Um, starring Adrian Pasdar as Caleb Colton, whose first credit was Top Gun as Chipper, and he was also in Carlito's Way as Frankie. Then we've got Jenny Wright as May, who was also in St. Elmo's Fire as Felicia. Yep. And oh, that's why I knew her. I told you. I said, don't, oh, look. That I said, don't look anybody up. And also, I Madman as Virginia. Then we've got Lance, Henris- Lance Henriksen, this fucking badass, as Jesse Hooker, who was also in Aliens as Bishop and Hard Target as Emile Fouchon, Fuchon, however you say that. Bill Paxton as Severin. I shouldn't fucking have to say what he's in, but in case you forgot, he's in Aliens as Private Hudson. Uh, Twister as Bill the Harding. most important movie. Yeah, and most importantly, Twister as Bill Harding. But, I mean, you should know his iconic line. Game over, man. Game over. He's kind of whiny in that movie. I'm not going to lie, but I still love him. Uh, probably my favorite part of this movie, 100%. And then we have Jeanette Goldstein as Diamondback, who was also in Aliens. So we've got three people from Aliens in this movie. She was Private Vasquez. Oh yeah, she was in tan face for that one. Yeah, she is uh she is not Hispanic because Goldstein <laughs> is definitely not. But they sure browned her up for that film. Yeah, th- yeah, so that was interesting. 
Weird choice, James Cameron. Uh, her first credit was Near Dark and the, uh, her... Wait, blah, 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 sorry. Aliens is Private Vasquez. That was her first credit. Near Dark was her second credit. And then she was also in Terminator 2 Judgment Day as character I did not put on the thing. Oh, and um, Adrian Pastar was also in um, Heroes. Uh, you might recognize him as the senator. Oh, yeah. no. I think I've never seen that show. I watched that show the second I saw the trailer. I'm like, I, what is that? I need to watch it. I need it in my life. And then it was really fun until the writer strike happened and it all went downhill from there. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. like 2005, right? It really wrecked that show. Yeah. Uh, estimated budget of $5 million, worldwide box office gross of 3.7, so not a great success. Uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. Oh, this movie was filmed in Arizona and Oklahoma. Not Texas, bro. Not Texas. You can watch this on AMC Plus and Shudder. And the movies that came out around the same time, we have The Curse, Hellraiser, A Return to Salem's Lot, Fatal Attraction, The Princess Bride, and Prince of Darkness. Fucking some good movies and fucking some bad movies. So I'll let you decide which is or which ones are which. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Hellraiser. Um, did you have a horror moment, lady? Uh, I really liked the moment where... Um I don't know what his name is now, but all I can think is Bishop. Um, oh, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, where he uh, his name got is shot in Jesse. The, thank you. Jesse got shot in the chest and uh, spit out the bullet and put it in the guy's pocket. That was good. That was like, this is for you. That was a good one. Uh, my horror moment was that first, I think it was like the first shootout or that whatever big shootout happened where that guy literally just like his chest exploded. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um. Did you have a favorite kill? No. I'm, I mean, I guess uh, the explosion-y one. That's mine. We'll talk about it because we're going to go into spoilers. That was absolutely my favorite just because it was such a... It was like so ridiculous. So unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So unnecessary way to kill him, but it was epic. Uh, favorite character for you? I mean, Bill Paxton's character was the only interesting character, but let's be honest. Most of these characters were very surface level characters. Yeah. Uh, Not a lot of depth to any of them. There really isn't. Uh, my favorite character was uh, Bill Paxton as well. He was do 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 do. He was Severin, um, and then my least favorite car- uh, character was that little boy in the group. He fucking an- dog. Oh my god, he was annoying. If you've ever seen <laughs> Teen Witch, the obnoxious, and by the way, he get- is way more obnoxious in uh, Teen Witch. The little brother from Teen Witch is a vampire in this because oh, I saw him. I'm like Teen Witch. Fucking a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line was when Paxton went to go bite somebody and he said, I don't like them when they don't shave or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever he said. I don't like them with stubble. I don't like them with stubble. There we go. Yeah. Which was an improvised line, by the way. It's funny. Paxton just did that. Paxton is like. wondered about that too. Like, are you not concerned that that person is filthy? No? Okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, that's what I really love about Paxton. He's giving his best um, Nick Cage in this. Like, I swear he like. It's like, it's like, you know, Nick Cage acting crazy like Nick Cage Paxson's just acting fucking manic and wild. I love it. Yeah. Uh, IMDb summary real quick. We've got a small town farmer's son reluctantly joins a traveling group of vampires after he is bitten by a beautiful drifter. Let's get into this real quick. We're, I mean, we don't have much. There's really not much to, to speak on. So let's talk about, you know, basic setup, some of the storyline, then we'll go into spoilers because there's really not much to say. Yeah. Frankly, there's like <laughs> really not five- much to say scenes of stuff happening in the film and that's about it and then there's a lot of uh random downtime you you don't get very far into these characters you don't get very far into the lore or anything you it's all very 
very basic yeah. plot wise. It really is. Uh, so Caleb um, is going to hang out with his friends and uh, he turns around and sees a girl eating an ice cream cone, which is confusing now that I think about it because they had later established that eating food was not a thing they do. So... Huh. Um, and he's like, who are you? Uh, and she said her name was May. I thought she said Meg. Um, Shut up, Meg. <laughs> And he's immediately interested in her, and um, he offers to give her a ride home, which leads him to drive her anywhere but home, which at first you're like, bro, you are like really aiming to get at this girl. Like, it is unsubtle. Like, he's not being super gross, but he's just being being a little handsy while like also trying to be really nice, but it's like... Man, you're being sweet and all, but it, when your hands keep shifting over, um, it doesn't feel that sweet. Um, yeah, like the words you're saying are nice, but everything else you're doing is not as nice. It's like, just I'm going to distract you with my words while I fondle you. It's like, bro. Which is weird because it's kind of like they're trying to establish that he's the threat. So that way it's a surprise when she's the threat. But really, she's not much of a threat. And also, then he never does anything like that ever again. So confusing. It is kind of confusing because it's almost like he's just expecting her to start ripping off her clothes because he gave her a ride. And he's yeah. like trying to kiss her and trying to touch her. And it's like, dude. But again, he's never like that the rest of the films. Yeah, You're like, what was the point of that? He's never like that the rest of the movie. And uh, it's just such a weird opening. I'm like, bro, you got to like keep your hands to yourself. So like they kind of drive around a bit. It's coming on sunrise. She's She says she's new to town. And he's like, oh, you're going to be here. To, are you leaving tonight? And she's like, no. So he offers her the ride. And she's like, I have to be home before sunrise. And sunrise is happening. She's like, I need you to take me home right now. Yeah. Immediately giving me and you the 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 knowledge that, okay, you're, that you're a vampire. Got it. Yeah. Well, she also says something at one point that he is apparently oblivious to because if someone else said this to me, I'd be like, what? Because she goes, yeah, she starts talking about how loud the night is, which is a weird thing to say and sounds like you're on drugs. <laughs> um, and then she's like, yeah, look at all those stars, billions of years old. And when they die, I'll still be here. And you're like, OK, that's true. Uh, what? The things I would have questioned um, if I were him, but he was too busy trying to... Uh, Get a kiss, grab a boob. I'm not entirely sure. But hey, first of all, you're not going to be here for billions of years. That fucking planet will be long gone in billions of years, lady. No, we still, we're still a, a relatively newer planet. So Really? Yeah. Maybe she will be here then. Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, So she, uh, he decides to very creepily. Um, though it is only the, it is definitely the second creepiest version of this tactic I've seen, shuts off the truck and sticks the keys down his shirt and says, I'm not driving you anywhere else until you give me a kiss, which immediately reminded me of, um, what is that movie? Uh, I don't know. The one I showed you with Natalie Portman where she's pregnant. Fucking uh, where the heart is. Oh, okay. Where uh, the the boy, her boyfriend, her baby daddy does that with a girl, but he sticks his keys down his pants, or he sticks uh, money down his pants, um, like steals someone's money and sticks it down his pants, and like go get it. Gross. Um, so May kisses him, then she bites his neck a little, and then runs off into a field. It's very strange. Um, he can't get his car to start. Uh, from where he's at for some reason because he turned it off and that somehow broke the car. 
or the truck rather. Yeah. Um, so he tries to uh, hoof it to his own house, but literally immediately he's feeling sick and starts uh, smoking as the sun rises. His skin starts smoking, which is honestly a pretty cool effect. Yes, but also very abrupt. Um, so we're like, okay, the vampire lore must be here that you get bit, you're a vampire. Done. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, this one was weird with the... Uh, the time frame on how that works is usually more specific. They don't really even go into any, anything. You know what I mean? They just You just kind of have to put it together. They're like, you know about vampires. Here you go. We're not going to force feed you or like hand feed you anything. You have to figure all this out on your own. Yeah, because usually with vampire lords, either you get bit and you're turned or you get bit and you have to drink the blood and you'll turn. In some cases, we have to drain all your blood and then you drink my blood. Then you're a vampire. Okay, this is, I bit you and now you're already turning within five minutes. Um, Very abrupt. So he's almost home um, while he's smoking in the sun. His dad and sister see him in the field, so they are um, up the road, so they go running to see what's wrong. And this RV comes out of nowhere that's got been all blacked out and tinfoiled up, and someone grabs him and throws him in the RV and drives away with him, which turns out to be May's clan of people, <laughs> where uh, Bill Paxton's character, Severin, uh, immediately threatens him. Um, but they decide they're going to take him along anyway. They go, they get rid of the RV, they get another vehicle, and then they um, find a place to hide out for the day until they can uh, move again. Like, they drive as far as they can, and then they hide out for the day. That The next night, though... Yeah, what? Sorry, I was going to say, I remember when, they, um, when they're setting the RV on fire. I was like, why are they doing that? Why are they, what's the point of that? Like, well, they got spotted. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit, true. So they're just, like, getting a new vehicle... That's pretty much what they do this entire movie. They just hop from vehicle to vehicle to yeah. not be to not be uh, identified. There we go. Yeah, and what's weird about it is after this, this starts this very minor subplot of the dad and sister going out looking for him and getting the cops involved and everything. But you only see like two scenes of that happening, so it's like also could have just yeah. It's not very focused on that. It's literally only in there so they could get to. Uh, the one scene in the hotel later. That's that's all it's in there for, to make that happen. And um, so basically they're like, we're going to kill him. May uh, argues it and says, no, she wants to keep him. And um, so they're like, all right, well, we'll give him a chance. But then like everybody disperses and goes about their routine for how to kill, um, which are all very different. Um, and I think Homer, uh, the kid, is the most interesting because he has a bike he carries along with him to fake a bike accident. So someone will pull over and help him. Smart move, though. It's clever. Pretty clever. I, I got to say, that one was the most clever of yeah. all of them for me because the rest of them really, really uh, depend on people hitchhiking. Yeah. One way or the other. Pretty much. Well, um, I mean, it is the 80s, though, too. So, you know, yeah. it, it was a different time. Nowadays, no, 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 I'm not picking you up. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know you crazy person. So, um, yeah, they do that, uh, but Caleb's kind of just wandering around and sick. He goes to a bus station. He doesn't have the funds for a bus ticket. Um, he gets harassed by a cop who thinks he's on drugs because he looks like he's on drugs <laughs> because he's all like sweaty and clammy and drooling and stuff. And he's like, I just need three more dollars to get a ticket so I could go home. And the guy's like, okay, go home and clean up. And, um... Then he tries to, gets off the bus randomly for some reason, 
throws up and goes back to May, who gives him some of her blood. Suddenly he's fine. That is a long gap of time to complete the transformation with no clear indicator of why he was like still able to move around that whole time or he was already a vampire. Usually, like even in uh, Lost Boys, they weren't officially vampires till they made their first kill. But after they had the blood of like the head vampire, that would make them uh, like half vampire. So they'd have some of the stuff, but they could still go into daylight. Like this does not make a real differentiation between being half a vampire and a full vampire, except for that not drinking your, I guess, original vampire who made you blood will make you sick if you don't do it. Yeah, it was very unclear. It, yeah, it's not what, clear lore there. And uh, Caleb doesn't seem for... to give a shit or ask questions. He's more yeah. like, I got bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, he goes out with May. They try to kill someone. He refuses to drink that blood from the guy that she's already killed. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just like drinks her blood and practically kills her, which is somehow better. No idea. Well, they get kind of, everybody else in the group gets kind of pissed, um, that he hasn't drank any blood yet or he hasn't killed anybody. So he's not like them. So they're like, yeah, you got, you're doing this tonight. This is happening. Um, so they take him to a bar where they fuck everybody up in that bar. Oh my god, yeah, that was actually a pretty good scene where they I'm pretty sure that's where the shootout happens yes. where where they yeah, that yes. guy just like chest explodes or whatever happens. I was like, "Jeez." Yeah, they just start killing everybody in that bar. He refuses to kill anybody um and they run off, they get another vehicle. They it, it's so it's it's weird cuz again, if you took out the whole vampire part, you could still have all of this happen minus them getting shot. Hell, you could probably still have him getting shot, <laughs> depending on where it is. Um, and it wouldn't have actually made much of a difference because it really could have been like, oh, she got him to try drugs because he thought he she was cute. And now he's addicted to drugs and he's going along with them, even though he doesn't really want to because she's there. Could have been like the same damn film. Yeah. And uh, so the whole thing feels like a really weird don't do drugs metaphor. Um, it kind of does. You know what I mean? Like it does feel... Like a metaphor for that. Weird. Yeah, because they're all dirty transients with uh, no real personality except for violence. Like, And think about it. The most interesting character is Severin. And it's only because he's got a lot of wild energy. Everybody else is just kind of mellow except when they're being violent. See, and I don't even know if they went into specifically speaking about who was like the oldest vampire. Who did they? Did, did uh, they? They did. Well, so, they only mentioned how old Jesse was. Okay, and how old is he? Uh, he said, I fought for the South, which okay. reminds me, what the hell is with all of the vampires who fight for the Confederacy? Because you got Jasper and Twilight. You got both of the Salvatore brothers in Vampire Diaries. And uh, you got Bill in True Blood. Like, what's with vampires and fighting for the South? It's are y'all like just super into slavery? Which is always funny because they always come back and they're like, oh, I know I fought for the South, but I was opposed to slavery. Like, mm -hmm. but what? why did we need to have you fight for the Civil War at all? And why were there so many vampires in the Civil War? How did you lose with this many vampires in the Civil War? It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> it's just like, there are a lot of vampires on the South side and somehow you guys lost anyway. How does that make sense? Well, they're, you know, hello, fighting, you can't fight in the daylight. 
If you're a vampire. No, but I'm guessing one vampire uh, going across the battlefield to the northern side could do a lot of damage in one night. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so anyway, super weird. I don't know what that's about. Uh, I need to do some more research on what that's about. It probably has something to tie in with vampires and well, it's the, like the racism. That, that's exactly like uh, when Corey pointed out to me that all crazy people drink milk on screen. And ever since then, that's all I've ever fucking noticed is every lunatic that you see drinking milk, you're like, okay, you're, you're crazy. Because, you know, Clockwork Orange, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mean, I could literally name so many movies where I was like, oh, my God, I never noticed that. Yeah. All the crazy people drink milk. Uh, yeah. So that is a pretty interesting connection that you made there. Yeah. And um, <laughs> just, like, pick any character and tell me something about their personality. Yeah. P- Diamondback, what's something you know about her as a character, as a person? She's got frizzy hair. She likes knives. Is yeah. that that that's not anything like none of these characters have an actual personality. Um, even May, I'm amazed Caleb is like, we're going to be together. Like she is as interesting as a saltine cracker. Yeah. A lot of the people in here. Yeah. Weren't very. Especially the women. The women were very much just there to be women. Yeah. Which was interesting considering it was directed by a woman. So very cool as a female directed film. But as far as female representation, terrible (laughs) um especially when they alluded to the point that may was kidnapped when she was in high school oh yeah so she was probably a minor and caleb over there was at least 20 yeah they don't really establish uh age for the most part they do not yeah uh so anyway so they have the shootout in the bar um a bunch of people okay everybody in the bar dies except for the (laughs) vampires uh they blow up the bar um because i mean that's just how you cap it off right yeah and then they end up in a hotel where the next day their their vehicle is spotted and they are in the midst of a shootout caleb buys himself some time because in the midst of this shootout uh he runs to the van which they've parked weirdly far away for some reason uh because i thought there was a really far distance to be like oh it's not our van but it's close enough to be like now that's your van um and uh, while they're in the midst of a shootout and trying not to be burned, he's running to the van on fire um, to save them. So he buys himself some time with the uh, with this group of people by saving all their asses. Everyone's really endeared to him. By the time they get to the next hotel, they're like, you did really good. Everyone's like kind of giving him a pat on the back situation. And then the only reason there was a weird very tiny subplot of his parents going or his dad and his sister. He has no mom um, anymore. And yeah. uh, going to look for him is that they happen to end up for some reason at the exact same hotel. And Homer spots his little sister. And let me tell you, his little sister is in like two scenes so briefly that I had to double check. It was the same actress because I said, is that his sister? And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, let me check because neither of us are sure. She's just generic white girl with brown hair. Yeah. Um, And she had maybe three lines uh, thus far in the film. So kind of hard. They didn't really focus on her enough to, for you to be like, oh, that's definitely a sister. You're like, that might be a sister. Well, and they weren't. Yeah, because like the dad and the daughter were not in much of the movie. Yeah, they were. They were only in it to establish the events happening to get him away. So do you want to go into spoilers real quick then? Yes. Okay. Because I've got more thoughts. Um, <laughs> of course you do. So Homer brings her, uh, says, oh, let's watch TV together, which is weird and shifty. Um, but 
He brings her back to watch TV. All the rest of the vampires are in there. May and Caleb have gone off somewhere else briefly. Uh, and you're like, oh, shit, his sister is just in a room full of vampires. That's probably a problem. Well, she uh, the broadcast day ends. And if you don't know about this, TV stations used to stop airing at a certain time. Used to. Yeah. Play the national anthem. And then that was the end of the broadcast day. And then it was just static till the next day. That used to be a thing. Which was funny because I forgot that was a thing till it happened. Because once the flag was on there, I'm like, oh, end of the broadcast day. Um, so Sarah's like, well, nothing on the TV. Bye. And she's trying to leave. But then uh, everyone's trying to stop her. And then Caleb comes in and her back's to him. He turns, or she turns around and he's like, oh, my God. Hugs his little sister and then um, is talking to her. Um, and she's like, I'm going to kick your ass. She's like. Eight, and she's like, I'm going to beat your ass for leaving, uh, which was funny. But <laughs> then Homer try, uh, pulls her back and he's like, you took May away from me because May is who Homer made. Um, he's like, so now I get to have your sister because that's fair. Like, that doesn't that make is... any sort of sense. Uh, then Caleb's dad shows up because uh, I think Severin went to go get him after they're like, oh, what room is your dad staying in? So now he's got both of his family members there um, and everyone's going to is trying to like off his family members. Yeah. Right in front of him. It's like, that's not fair at all, but okay. Con- connect that logic for me. No, connect the logic that it was absolutely night when this was all happening. Mm-hmm. Definitely middle of the night. And within five minutes, the reason they escape is because they throw the door open and the blinding sun has come through. Uh, May, you know, could have been right at dawn. May's literally in her PJs at a vending machine at what dawn? Why is she up at six a.m. at the vending machine unattended? Maybe, maybe instead of instead of near dark, it should have been near dawn. Near <laughs> what is your time frame? Because somehow it turns day very fucking fast wherever got, you're at. Got before midnight, after dawn, near dark. Yeah. So. <laughs> Caleb throws the door open, uh, gets a blanket, which they all came ready with their own brown blankets to do this with. For some reason, they always have one handy. That's their protection Uh, against the sun. Hey, it works. The dad and daughter hop in uh, the dad's truck um, because like they're like, oh, well, you need to stay with us and we're going to kill your family. He's like, dad, you need to go. And he's like, yeah, I'm not leaving without you. It's a whole thing. (laughs) That, again, takes not enough time for the sun to have risen that much for that much fucking light to come in. Yeah. Um. And so he hops into the back of the the truck and he's like arguing with his dad, who is apparently a vet, by the way. I didn't see when that was actually established so much as you're just supposed to know that. Yeah. Um, Again, there's a lot of you're just supposed to know going on in this film. You just have to assume. So the dad's trying to argue that he needs to take him to the hospital. And Caleb's like, no, if you take me to the hospital, they will kill me. I will die. So the dad takes him home. Somehow having no fucking clue what's going wrong, except that Caleb said he's been bitten. That was enough information for the dad to know to do a blood transfusion to turn him human again. Yeah. Uh, Which is confusing because one, did you have to take out all the vampire blood and then give him your blood? In which case, how did you know how much, uh, like, how would you do that? Because you don't have enough blood to make that work. Um, and that's how you know he's a vet because he happens to have vet medical supplies, but they never establish that he's a vet. It just comes into at, at this exact moment. Yeah. But what is interesting is I looked it up because I remember I told you when we were watching it, I'm like, why do I feel like I remember something else with a vampire with vampires and transfusions? Mm-hmm. I figured it out. 
It's um, from Dracula, the book. Oh, boy. Uh, because when Lucy is um, being fed off of by Dracula, Van Helsing gives her blood transfusions, which are starting to restore her before she gets fully transitioned over. Yeah, and this is great. This is a great thing to do. Oh, cool. You can fix vampirism. If vampirism, you can reverse it. I like that. How? How? How the fuck did you know to do that? Yeah, this would have been great if there was some explanation, some sort of some sort of other scene besides him just with the blood bag. Like that's a fucking movie I'd watch. Yeah, guy who knows how to cure um, vampirism, those vampirism, uh, turning into werewolf, like a doctor that yeah. that's all he does is like cure people of these things. Yeah, that's a fucking movie I'd that's watch movie. the shit out of. Yeah, and then he gets into shenanigans because someone comes wanting something, and then they try to rob him, and then they, there's a million ways you could go. Yeah, that that sounds way more interesting. There's a million ways you could go with that. But yeah, you so, gotta you gotta explain this. So Caleb just goes back to life as normal, which I thought was a pretty bold fucking move considering they know where you live and you literally burned them. Yeah. So dumb. And they're all hanging out like half asleep with the windows completely open. Like, do you want to die? Because it seems like you're working real hard to make that happen. Yeah. So the sister goes missing and um, he goes after her. He tries to go after her, but the uh, all the tires have been slashed on the vehicles. So he can't. So he gets a horse and he takes the horse. Which is pretty, pretty badass. Because they didn't flatten all the tires on the horse. Um, and uh, would you stop that? that? I need some coconuts. Where's my coconut shells? You got to cup your hands. It works better. What? There we go. Yeah, cup them. Like, what is this thing? What are you doing with your hands? I'm doing this. Yeah, you were doing this? You got to hit both <laughs> sides. That's the point. It's a cup. Not a bowl. Anyway, so um, he goes, has a standoff with the other vampires, which, uh, again, is in the middle of the night. But conveniently, by the time they get around to the, like, by the time they're done doing all of this, um, it is now broad daylight (laughs) again. It goes abruptly from night to day immediately because apparently... They had no other way to kill these people except daylight, so they needed to really rush through that whole time thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, Severin gets blown up on a truck, which was pretty fun. That was the best part. You gotta love an eighties movie, an eighties horror movie that ends with an explosion, because I'd say three out of five of them usually do end with an explosion. And you got, ooh, excuse me, there was like five or six explosions. Three at the very end. The very end, yeah. The oil tanker explodes with Paxson on top. Goosh. Uh, they blow up the... Um, What's the other thing they blew up? They blew up so much shit. I was like, explosion. Whoa. I was like, yeah. So the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes of this movie was fucking excellent. It's like such a slow start to kind of an interesting-ish medium and then just full tilt at the end. I was like, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. Yep. The last 25-ish minutes are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and because uh, there are parts where, again, it just like there's so few plot scene, plot related scenes that the rest of it is kind of just wandering around or st- some vague stuff happening, but nothing plot related. Yeah, nothing really much happens in this. Yeah, because so. this all takes place over like two days. Yeah, it's not um, a lot. And so, well, we assume about two days. It's kind of hard to tell with how fast the fucking days blow by. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, they uh, they still get Sarah. Uh, May is in the car with the other vampires, but she chooses to throw herself through the back windshield of the car. That was great. That she's in to get Sarah out. Homer is insane, goes running after her in the sun. 
explodes. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was another explosion. Um, not my favorite vampire explosion ever, but it's a good one. Uh, and then I feel like we're gonna have a lot of new favorite vampire explosions with Renfield coming out. There looks like there's gonna be a lot of splody bits in that movie. That's true, but I'm always a fan of the Lost Boy ones because there's a lot of glitter in the explosion, mm-hmm. and that's just so unnecessary. Plus, they're true. really gory. Um, but then for some reason, uh. The last two vampires standing, because May is run over to Caleb. He's trying to protect her from the light. Last two vampires are like, we could run them over, or we'll just let the sun fry us to death in the car, and the car will explode. And you're like, yeah, there's another explosion. You did not have to die. Um, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird ending. Witness me. But, uh, yeah, right. Uh, but <laughs> then Caleb's dad also um, saves May, and uh, I guess they live happily ever after. Or maybe trans- she gets to yeah. go back to her family because she wasn't. She gets transfused as well with the good blood. Which because again, every- we don't know where the hell he's getting this blood. And everyone apparently has the same blood. <laughs> same blood type, no problem. Uh Apparently, this guy has got some extra blood in his body that he's able to do two transfusions personally with his own blood. That's fine. Not weird. It's just—it's probably just animal blood at some point. Yeah. He's uh, a veterinarian. Maybe he's just putting animal blood on them. I don't know. No, we don't know because they don't say. Hey, I mean, there's some reviews that I've, that I've got here that I'm going to read, which pretty much encompass my feelings about it. So that is uh, Near Dark. Uh, let me get some taglines here. Let me t- you can tell me which ones you like. The night has its price. They can only kill you once, but they can terrify you forever. At dawn, they hide. At dark, they wake. At night, they search for blood. Pray for daylight. These are really wordy. <laughs> I won't read the other two. It's like, so those are, those are really long, and they don't feel like they fit this film. All right, trivia. Future husband James Cameron suggested to Bigelow that she use the ready-made ensemble cast from his hit Aliens. And thus Lance Hendricks, uh, Lance Hendricks and Bill Paxton and Jeanette Goldstein all appear in Bigelow's film. Um, unusual for a vampire movie, the word vampire is never mentioned, like I said. Uh, according to Bill Paxton, the driver that gives him the finger when he's hitchhiking has played none other, th- none other than James Cameron himself, who had visited set that day. The writer-director of both... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, I'm not going to do that one. That one's stupid. They were going to make it a horror, but they said that no one was interested in that. So they did a horror Western, but I did not get Western at all from this. So There, there was a horse. Do you not recall? There was oh, cowboy sorry, boots and sorry. a horse. Uh, Western. Sorry. What's um, her face, whose name I can't even remember anymore, was wearing chaps throughout the film. Oh, nice. Well, here's something that you might like. The vampire mythology in this film is left deliberately vague. It is never seen if they cast reflections in a mirror or if they are affected by holy objects, roses, garlic, running water, etc., it is seen that they are all extremely strong, non-aging, surviving on human blood, cold to the touch, destroyed by sunlight and fire, but cannot be killed by most conventional methods. No, I don't like that. Okay. Here's the problem with that for me. Um, when you keep it super vague, that is a lazy plot convenience to me because that means you don't want to set up any rules you have to follow. I guess. That means they are or, literally as impervious as you want them to or be. Or you could look at it on the other side and say, I'm tired of all these, tr- like, you know, of having to establish this. I'm just not going to do that. They're trying to do something different. It could be lazy or it could just be intentional. It's like every movie has this established shit. And plus with vampires, we've talked about this all the time. It's the lore is so un- in- inconsistent. So she was like, fuck all that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm just saying it could be lazy. It could be this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's I can't say I don't know if I like it or not. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um 
I'm going to not do the goofs. I'm going to tell you the ratings because we got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd, 83% on the tomato meter, 74% audience score. I gave it a 4 out of 5. What did you give it? You gave it a 4 out of 5? Why are you yelling at me? It's so high. Well, it was a three and a half because, like, I, I'll tell my one of these is going to ring true for me. The, one of these reviews, like, it, it's oh. exactly how I felt about it. So, um, what would you give it? I don't know, like a two and a half, three. Damn, like dead silence. Sorry, Yeesh. like, and that's mostly for uh, Bill Paxton. But like, yeah, like I said, uh, the more I thought about it, I'm like, these characters have no substance. The vampire lore it feels that felt arbitrary. Uh, it just felt like pointless you could have taken it out and made a a thriller film and and it would have turned out exactly the same whatever fine yeah uh uh similar movies according to letterbox 30 days of night john carpenter's vampires queen of the dam let the right one in and the lost boys shocker that those were all vampire movies i still haven't seen let the right one in and then we go to imdb and boy none of them are vampire movies except for one we've got the hidden the blob the prince uh prince of darkness fright night that's a vampire movie. Yep. And from beyond. So weirdly, wildly different. Really quick. Did you get any bad reviews or funny reviews? No, you probably didn't. Nope. I got three. Here I we go. I came in with my uh, my facts and my commentary on vampires and civil war. I got three. Go. I don't understand this one. Maybe you can shed some light. Vampires hate showers. Who knew? I don't. Oh, remember how I said, why are they all filthy? That man needs a bath. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Okay. Because I was like, how they're in hotels. Why does not one of these people shower? I'm like, he had that black grease around his neck yeah. the entire movie. I'm like, bathe. Yeah, that was, uh, that wasn't even rated. That I don't was, even know why they're making out. That was, wasn't even rated. It was just a review. The second one, three stars from Doug Otto would have been better with Mulder and Scully. I assume that's an X-Files reference. <laughs> and then the one I relate to the most... Uh, three stars from Mo. I have literally no clue what happened here, but I'm vibing with it anyway. That's where I was at. I was at a three and a half. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm vibing it. And then the ending happened with all the explosions. And I was like, extra half star. That was fucking awesome. What a way to go out. I'm questioning your ratings at this moment because you gave this a four. That is really high for what we got. It is. I mean, has it has. And a- I don't usually question your reviews, even if we disagree. Um, I am on this one. Again, I, I know. I challenge it. Listen, it look, 15,000 other people would agree with me, and that's the highest rating. And Let's get a 3.5. I'm not wildly off. I'm not saying other people didn't rate it high. I'm saying I don't get it. You and- know I have the most inconsistent ratings. Everyone always sees my ratings, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I know. I have completely unconventional thoughts on you movies. You said my ratings were the most inconsistent. No. We don't have time for this. We are like almost at an hour and 20. We've got to end this. Not an hour, 20. Please. Anyways. So as I was saying. No. (laughs) So, yes, that resonates with me. I'm just vibing with this movie. Uh, Find us on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. Twitter, Frightmares underscore pod. Stay spooky at Outlook.com is our email. I'm on shit. Nope, that's not it. I'm on TikTok at Silver Shamrock. There it is. And I'm also on Letterboxd at Dr. Proctor. You are. Watson LMP 90. Boom. Next episode is going to be your bonus episode for this month. I uh, don't believe the director is joining us, unfortunately, but we're still going to talk about the movie. And uh, I don't know who's going to be on that one. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's on the way. So until then, stay tuned and stay spooky. Stay spooky.